Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 228 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show has a keen interest in web development, code, machine learning, psychology, business, and startups. He has been writing code since he was a kid, often typing out magazine code listings and then changing the code to see how they behaved. He's currently a Microsoft.NET senior developer, a Microsoft AI most valuable professional, and a STEM ambassador. So welcome to the podcast, Jamie McGuire. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thank you for joining me. So I really wanted to ask you about your interest in particular in AI and and what, what triggered that? My interest in AI goes back to about 2012, 2013. And I was working on a a research project as part of a, a university initiative. And I was doing all this whilst I was you know, in full-time employment. The output of that initiative, a research project, was an API that I could point at social media data and extract, you know, particular data signals, whether it be sentiment analysis or text classification and keywords. And that took me down a little bit of an AI rabbit hole because I had to um, get to grips with concepts such as like part of speech tagging, text classification and, and, and data mining and data cleansing. And it, that's what sort of started it, really. It just morphed from then onwards. And you've become a Microsoft AI most valuable professional as well. It's something I wasn't aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, that, that came a few years later. Um, and what, what happened was after that initiative, I, I started to, to join a few dots, okay, and I thought that this, this API could be, actually be something. So uh, I, I kind of I, I built a web front end to sit in front of this API, so you could people could or users could visualize the data, yeah, and they could see spikes and dips and in, in, um, in relation to particular search terms that they had, could configure this product to look for, and I started to write about the, the, these activities on my blog, and it just so happened to be that around uh, about twenty sixteen. So three years had passed by this point. I was still working on this as a kind of pet project. Twitter had an initiative, uh, an ad tech initiative, where they were looking for startups and businesses to build solutions on top of their APIs. So I started to build um, solutions in and around that, adapting my APIs to consume theirs. I started to write about that. And it was around about this time that Microsoft started to really push their tech stack in terms of like Azure and cognitive services. And I started to notice some similarities with the stuff that I was trying to do. So what I'd done was I started to experiment with those those APIs that Microsoft had, had been releasing and started. Then what I'd done was in, started to integrate those with the software that I was building and found that I was just able to like build the software much quicker. Yep. Um, again, I started to write about that, document it in my blog, uh, everything that I was learning, and just share that with the other people in the community. And that started to catch other people's attention. And then before I knew, I had been nominated to be a, a Microsoft MVP in AI. Now, at the time, there was, there was like less than 10 in the UK 
and you typically get that award for just sharing knowledge with the community, whether it be through writing or speaking and what have you, and just sharing knowledge. And through that sort of program, we get access to like, you know, cutting edge tech and get to grow our network and what have you. So that was, that's kind of like a, an overview of the program and how I got to that. And you're obviously a STEM ambassador as well. So what do you do in that area? Yeah, yeah. So that's just been a, a recent thing. And, and what that does is um, it's basically giving back to the community and trying to get um, people engaged in STEM activities. Uh, you know, my, my focus area is IT and, and, and software development. And it's a volunteering thing. So it's an, an initiative that anybody can join. You create an account and you look for opportunities to like pass on your knowledge and your skills with um, people that are, are, are organizations or schools that are local to you. So those activities can be anything from, you know, teaching kids how to code, helping and supporting schools with mock interviews. There's just like a whole range of other activities that, that you can be involved in. So naturally, you know, the government are really trying to push the, the uptake of STEM activities. And um, it's an important area that I, I think can be uh, challenging for some people to get into. But the other side of it, it can be equally rewarding. It's for a good cause, really. It is. Yeah, I, I still feel there's a weakness in our educational system where, when it comes to STEM in particular. I mean, schools in my particular area, um, there's very little focus on, on technology and IT courses and so forth. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember going back, uh, way, way back when I was at school, The um, it was like once a week we got access to a computer and and, and that was it. Yeah. I don't know what it's it's really like on the ground like th- these days, but, you know, I think it is getting better, but it's I think there's still more that can be done and that, that's what this whole initiative is about. And it's about bringing in people from industry and not just academia and, you know, helping the school interface with, people in the the quote-unquote real world and how STEM gets deployed in a professional environment. And, you know, everybody wins out of it. Yes. Okay. So, Jamie, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, uh, one that the audience may not know about and perhaps should? So there's there's a few, like, you know, there's cliche ones, like, you know, work hard and be transparent and all those sort of things. And I've thought a bit about this, and I don't have one. I've got, like, a... a, a a kind of ethos or short collection of, of things that have helped me. I would say that the main one is, especially in today's tech world, is being able to learn quickly, apply it, and then adapt if you need to. And that is a kind of theme that I try and, you know, I try and live that every day of every week when I'm building code or building systems or designing them or what have you. And you've got to be comfortable with, with learning new skills, really, I think. Especially in like in today's job market, where whole industries are being disrupted, especially with the likes of AI, I think that job security is not quite what it used to be. So being able to like move quickly and learn is is, is a big thing. Yeah, it is very much so. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and Jamie, can you share with us your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? I've been fortunate, okay, in that. Most of the projects that I've been on have been generally successful. But what I would say is, is there was a point in time when I was in a pretty politicized environment and we were working with a lot of um, nearshore and offshore development teams. And I would travel quite a bit as well. Um, I was technically, you know, I was cutting code, but I was also doing a little bit of man management. 
as well. And managing all of that was pretty difficult, okay? But whilst all this was going on, I was like halfway through this um, master's degree and research project that I was working on. And to compound all, I was dealing with a pretty difficult family situation that was sinking me into quite a bit of debt. And this went on for quite a number of years, okay? And in the end up, um, I had to... I had to leave and I had to, I ended up on contracting, you know, we delivered the projects, but I ended up having to break out on my own for about a year just to repair some of the the costs that I had incurred. And it was highly stressful. It was, it was, it was very, it was, you know, it was just, a, it was a bit of a nightmare situation, really. It wasn't a good time. Um, but we, you know, we delivered the project and I went on to do other things. And so that was, that was a bad time. Sure. Is there anything you took away from that as a positive? What I would say, and this is for you know anybody that's listening and anybody who's dealing with a situation that they feel that they can't get through, what I would say is it's like with, with enough grit and determination and discipline, you know, you can deal with almost anything. There's light at the end of the tunnel, no matter what situation you're in. And there's always a, a way around whatever obstacle that you're dealing with, whether that be on a project basis or a personal basis. I learned through all of that, you know, like when all hell's breaking loose, you just got to try and keep a cool head and create your own stability and routine and not veer off any paths or make any rash decisions. And, you know, finally on on that point, what I would say is, is that in situations like that, you know, it's important for you to carve out time, you you know, look after yourself, take care of yourself, whether that be working out, going to the gym, playing sport, just, just totally having a cut off from technology or even just getting away. Yeah, I think the health aspect in particular is very important. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I think especially like in in, in the stuff with the stuff that we do, it's so easy to get caught up in you know spending a lot of time in front of the screen. And if you're not sitting at a desk in front of a monitor or a laptop, chances are you're consuming content or doing something with a, a mobile device as well. And it just carving out time you have a have like a complete disconnect it's so important it is exactly yeah jamie can you tell us about your career highlight or greatest success after the back of that you know two or three years so i held that i went through i completed that research project okay and as i say i went and became an independent contractor for about a year or so but as i left um i was given like a nice leaving gift it was like in the form of some Amazon vouchers. I got a budget laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I got some, I got a budget laptop. And that side project that I was working on, it started to grow arms and legs. And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier on, but uh, Twitter ran this initiative called Promote. And basically, I submitted the product to Twitter. And it was a bit of a chance submission, but it caught their attention. And uh, I was invited over there, over to the States, and uh, basically was asked to demo what I had built. And there was like cash prizes, and you had the chance to become an official partner and what have you. Uh, it was all pretty mind blowing, really. Um, yeah, I never, I never won, unfortunately. But what came out of that was like um, some good relationships, and I, I got access to internal, private, and beta APIs that I could fold back into the the product that I was building. And that, that went on for two to three years and I started to build up the product and that was fun. And it was, 
it was r- roughly about that point when the AI element started to really spike. I started to incorporate uh, Microsoft Azure in the form of cognitive services. And I was able to like extend the product even more. And that led on to the MVP award in AI. So it was only through looking back that I could see how all those dots sort of joined. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I didn't realize it at the time, but um, I was building relationships. I was building a product and I started to write about it. And as I said, I got the, ultimately, this is what led to getting the MVP award in AI, which was cool as well. It's it's interesting to hear how just doing one thing and then it's sort of progressing and it sort of opens up new opportunities to make contacts and um, experience different things can just, just happen if you just continue to do and develop. Oh, 100%, Phil, 100%. It's, I, I look back in all of that and all of those activities and at the time it never, there were days where it felt like it just wasn't going anywhere. And, you know, I was doing all of this out with, my regular nine to five as well. So, and it was, it was a good distraction from other things that were going on. Cause that, that was just the truth of it. But it's just amazing how that, you know, one initiative, a, a research project can turn into a product and a product can be turned into something completely different based on an initiative that a, a massive platform like Twitter has launched. And I would encourage anybody that's just starting out or is looking for ideas is just to like have a look online because there's there's loads of initiatives out there whether it be through twitter or facebook or linkedin there's there's loads of developer apis that you can apply for access to and, and build on top of those because and, and, sh- and more importantly share what you're doing with the community i think that's the key isn't it yeah yeah and, and i understand like people have reservations about you know putting their thoughts or pouring their thoughts into like an article or a tutorial or sharing code on the likes of github it's kind of like a big hurdle to get over but there's books that help me kind of overcome those hurdles from the likes of people like seth godin and, and james altiger altiger they've got um you know written lots of books in and around that space about putting your work out there and putting your art out there and just building something and shipping it and it ain't going to be right first time and it ain't going to be perfect but that's okay yep exactly yes and jamie can you tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in it i'm biased here right but what i'm going to say is ai um not just because it's a a hot topic right now but as i say it goes back to 2013 and especially what's happening right now i had to go through quite a bit of pain to build out the sentiment analysis routines and the algorithms to do the text classification things that I was interested in doing. But now you don't need to do the research. You don't need the PhD. You don't you don't need to burn the time in figuring out what how the algorithms work. You just pull this stuff off the shelf, whether it be through Azure Cognitive Services or, or IBM and Watson. And and with a budget laptop and an internet connection, you can download free tools like visual studio community edition and you can then you can get free access to ai services um in the form of azure and you can just plug them in directly so i think for for somebody just starting out there's, and i say this to, to, to quite a few people really like it's for very little money you can start building product that scales and you can build mvps and you can just get your work out there and you can build and iterate and 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 see what sticks and and the thing that you're learning at the same time as well 
for somebody that's just starting out trying to get the, even trying to get their first job you know they can create a, a blog they can document what they're learning they could create a portfolio and and this is you know something that i wish i had actually done years ago yep and they're all great great um ideas and advice definitely i think the portfolio thing is certainly one that people should really consider now and and a blog really should be a default oh totally you know people might say blogs have had their day and with people's attention spans dipping when because of social media and what have you i, I think i think blogs will always be there um yeah. i only started mine to help me kind of firm up my thoughts my idea is that if i can if i've learned something if i if i can then write about it in a kind of structured way it means that i understand it yes um, and you know the, the next level up from that is being able to give talks about it and that's something that I've recently started to dip into as well, which is just that was just like is like another level, really. It is, yeah. The, the talks and the teaching in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. So, what first attracted you to a career in IT? Okay, it goes way back. Um, I think you opened up with it a little bit, and uh, it was gaming and the computer it, way back in the spectrum. And yes. I don't know if you remember, Phil, but you used to get a tape in front of the magazines. I remember um, far too well, yes. Yeah, yeah, and these tapes <laughs> would have um, games, demos of like the games. You'd only get one or two levels, and after playing those to death, I would get bored. I would flip over the magazine, and I seen there were code listings, and I would start to type them out. Yep. And I, and I thought it was cool how you could just hack about with the, those simple little games, and that's what kickstarted it. And it went from Spectrum to Commodore sixty four to Amiga, eventually to PC, and and, and that was it really. And then I, I I discovered that well actually this is a, a, a this could be a college course and then a college course could be a profession and then it i was lucky in the in the sense that a, a hobby turned into a career and a profession and yes. a, as cheesy as it sounds a passion and what is the best career advice you've ever received i would say being able to evolve and adapt quickly and regularly um, and that's not to say be slapdash but just being able to keep up to date with what's happening in the tech world and being able to identify what's a fad and what isn't. Yeah. I suppose part of that is also keeping your sort of your mind open to um, alternatives and yeah, different ways of thinking about the same problem. Yeah, that that's so true. It's, it's quite easy to, because in software it's quite common to standardize or build your, your own framework and uh, to help you build and ship quicker and get the invoice out the door. But there comes a point in time where you can end up with a level of technical debt or an application that you just won't be able to migrate onto newer platforms. So I think it's important to have like an open mind as to what is what else is out there and what can add more value to your project or, your, or the systems that you're trying to build. Exactly, yeah. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I've been lucky in the sense that I'd say everybody that I've worked with has is, is, is been pretty, uh, you know, everybody's been professional. And But there's one thing that sticks in my mind and uh, it was just to smash it into production, right? <laughs> and for anybody that <laughs> just just get it in, no matter what, like, like and that the cavalier attitude, I'm sure it's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. You know, time constraints, yes, but you got to test stuff. 
you know, you got to follow process. You shave off time where you can, but don't just put stuff into production. Just don't. And uh, th- these are things that you'll learn very early on in your career. Indeed. It doesn't stop companies still doing it, though. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I've, I've got a saying like the uh, the ivory tower thinking often goes out the out the window when the invoice has to go out the door. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there's some sort of deadline with a meaning or a regulatory requirement or whatever it might be. Yeah, you you got to keep on top of the governance, man. You just got to. Don't yeah. Know. Exactly. Yeah. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? I would have started a blog. Yeah. I would have started a blog and I would have got over any anxieties or worries about publishing thoughts and ideas and sort of like code snippets. And I would have documented that journey because if I had done that 20 years ago, I would have had 20 years worth of thoughts preserved yeah, in digital ink up there somewhere, right? And it would, it would tell even more of a story and it, it probably would have helped me get my first job quicker. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? What's keeping me busy right now is AI, uh, cognitive services and machine learning, um, building interfaces with social media giants, social media giants like um, Twitter and Instagram, I'm busy building chatbots and doing you know the odd speaking engagement where I talk about how AI can be used to surface insights and data. And in the coming months, I'll be looking towards creating like uh, developer how-tos and, and more content around, uh, as I say, Azure Cognitive Services and how developers can you know, use that to integrate AI into the software. Those are the kind of three or four key points that are keeping me busy at the minute. Right. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Being able, so looking at a problem and being able to identify the key components and the, any potential patterns, like before I'm even sitting at the desk in front of like the compiler or Visio, that's something that I've, I feel that's always been there. It grows, you know, it needs nurtured and it needs worked on, but that's, that's really helped me just being able to like sit, take a step back and think about all the moving parts. And that's one thing that's really, really helped me. The flip side is books and podcasts and, all that sort of good stuff and those help give me different perspectives and finally i'm saying three things here phil rather than one but the, the, <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but the, the, i'm just trying to add as much value as i can here the uh, sure. the, the the third thing i would say is, is 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 people networking and getting to know other people you know it's, it's the cliche you know you're trying to build product and sell product like people buy from people don't they but just building and growing relationships with people like there's there's a human beside the the email or the the tweet or the the message and FaceTime with those people is important. What do you do to keep your own career energized? I read blogs, uh, other developer blogs. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. You know, I follow some key techies on Twitter. That helps keep me up to date. Occasionally books. I'll, I'll look out online for developer initiatives. You know, I've, got, I've always got loads of ideas and what I'll do is, is I'll try and like write like four or five ideas down in one note a day. I don't always get around to trying them out just purely because of time constraints. So it's a combination of those things. But it's getting those notes down, isn't it? That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's getting like the ideas down. 
it's quite um how can i say like you get the ideas after you've like read a, a blog or you've read a couple of tweets or you're or you're seeing like a developer initiative or even just like a little youtube clip or something it sparks off some ideas or even like you'll get a developer update newsletter for some from some company and then it'll just spark ideas so just getting the ideas down is is massive and sometimes you can tease out like many projects from them and you never know like where that'll lead because somebody else might be you know you could throw that code up onto github right and somebody else might just run with that and take it in a direction that you never thought was possible and that's quite inspiring so that helps keeps you energized and what do you do in your spare time away from technology I'm a family guy, man. Like, uh, I, I spend time with my kids and I'm at the gym three, four times a week. And uh, I've got a, a, a van that I, I take out into the country with the family. And when that happens, like, the phone goes on airplane mode. <laughs> so I, I don't have any data yep. coming in at all. <laughs> uh, there's, there aren't there's any notifications. There's no laptop. There's, there's, yeah. there's none of that. So I have a total disconnect. And that's what I like to do. I like to do that at least once a month. Just push the the virtual reset button, and um, just get away from it all. It's so important, especially in like today's connected world. Like the notifications, and they they. they I read a, a, an article the other day there, and it says that people have got they're spending between three and four hours a day on their mobile devices, and they've got between five and seven apps that they dip in and out of. And that's just you get you've got to unplug from it at some point. Jamie, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? As somebody who's just looking to get into IT and into tech, get a domain name. Get a domain name and whatever tech stack you're involved in, start to you know, like share what you're doing and what your thoughts are and, and just get content out there. And if you're looking for work, it's a, a sure way to get people attracted to what it is you're doing, what your message is. And just get started. Don't be concerned about how far along you're you're getting along, or who's in front of you, or who's behind you. It's too easy, you know, compare. Especially with the likes of you know, you you, you can get rough signals based on like likes and shares and comments and all. Just like you know, run your own race and get get started. Just get started. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, sure. So I've got a blog. Um, it's uh, jamiemaguire.net. Uh, and from there, you can connect with me. And I've got links to like uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and GitHub from that website. I'm happy for if anybody's listening, if they get any questions about what I've spoken about on, on this podcast, for them to reach out to me uh, to ask any questions. Uh, just check out my website and uh, drop me a note. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Ah, thank you, and uh, it's been great to be on. Hi, Phil here again. Now, if you thought about being a guest on the show yourself, or you have somebody in mind that might be a good guest, please do let me know. You can reach me on Twitter, where I'm at PhilTechCareer, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can even contact me through the website, which is itcareerenergizer.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.